Welcome to MemberMaker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Haley Burkhead, founder of Scalability Lounge, about how to have confidence when advertising the value of your product, creating high-quality content that can be used over time, and how to manage time efficiently while growing a business. Hi, Haley. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Great. So give folks a little bit of an idea of, of your business and what you do. Yes, I help entrepreneurs who have all of this anxiety around money and growing their business. And we just turn all of that hamster wheel of anxiety and overworked and emotionally drainedness into something that is simple and automated. So what I, oh my gosh, what I absolutely love to do is to help entrepreneurs get out of that survival mode of business, you know, and actually have a simple automated business where they can work when they want to, not because they have to. Yeah, I like that. So is it fair to call you like a, like a business coach of sorts or is it something different? I don't do any one-on-one work. So I don't know. I feel like coach might be associated with one-on-one, but my membership site is all about that. So we have a membership site that teaches entrepreneurs the scalability factor. So yeah. Gotcha. And, and what's the name of that, that site just so people know? Yeah, it's called the Scalability Lounge. Cool. So you mentioned it's a membership site. When you first got into this area, did you start with a membership site or were you doing one-on-one consulting beforehand or something else? So I actually ran an agency before this and oh my gosh, I just burned it all to the ground. I was like, I am not meant for service-based business owners, but I knew how to run a really successful service-based business because I had done it multiple times as a freelance web designer to agency owner. But I just realized this doesn't suit my strengths. It's not that I'm not good at it. It's not that I don't serve those people, but this is not uh, something that is aligned with who I am as a person and what my natural strengths are. So what I decided to do was burn out of the ground and in Phoenix style, isn't Phoenix the ones that rises from the ashes? (laughs) I I became a Phoenix. And what I did was quit my job with $12 in my business bank account, started a membership site, and I went from zero to $36,000 a month with this membership site in six months. Whoa. Okay. So let's, uh, let's dig into that a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> so I, just for everybody who understands, let's give a little more context because I assume you had some kind of an audience, pre-launch, things like that built up. So could you kind of walk back and give people some of the steps that that led from that $0 to that $36,000 one? Yeah. So this is what I always tell people is you do not have to have a big audience. You just have to know the right people. Because for me, I mean, I was a service-based entrepreneur. Service-based entrepreneurs are not known for having big audiences. And I had a podcast. I mean, maybe, and now my podcast is pretty big, but my goodness, back then, maybe a few hundred people listened to it. Not a lot of people. We didn't have a massive audience and we didn't even do a pre-launch. What I did was I listened to my audience and exactly what they thought they needed. Not what I thought they needed, what they thought they needed. And I created an entire product around a few DM messages. That's what I did. And I created a product that people thought would solve their problem. And then inside of the membership, I actually solved their problem. It's like, you know, you buy the pizza, but I'm going to integrate broccoli into the pizza so you actually get your vegetables. That's kind of what happened. And then once I tested it out with my audience, I might have got maybe $1,000 or so a month from that. And then I started piggybacking off of other people's audiences and built very, very strategic relationships and did affiliate launches because I didn't have money for ads. And my webinar saw 
software was on the trial. I wasn't even paying for my web. I actually, I was super scrappy. I started a 60 day trial and then canceled before I had to pay. Like, I mean, it was like scrappiness over here, but yeah, I just, I started connecting with the right people. I did affiliate launches like crazy and just blew up. Wow. So let's go back to when you were coming up with what you said was you knew exactly what people wanted and you did that off of a few DM messages. So Mm -hmm. could you give a little bit more detail? What exactly did you do there? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what I was realizing when I ran my agency, I had this color-coded Asana calendar tracking system for all of my clients and people went nuts over it. They would just DM me and they're like, how can I get a color-coded calendar? And, you know, I'd always joke about like a magical fairy that would just like check off my list for me. And that's what Asana did. It was like this whole thing. I kind of just like made it really fun. And then I created my fast action bonus for my membership was the Asana calendar. And I worded it exactly how they did in the DMs because they believed what would solve their problem is if they just had a project management system calendar that told them what to do. They thought all their problems would not exist anymore, which was so interesting to me because I knew what would actually solve the problem, which is what I teach inside the scalability factor, which is prioritizing your profit using a post-to-profit system, automating your profit using the SOA method, which stands for systemize, outsource, and automate, and then batching your profit, which is then with the Asana color-coded calendar. But if you don't know what to put on the calendar to begin with, it doesn't matter. You don't know how to prioritize or automate your profit uh, before you even batch your profit producing tasks. So what I did was I integrated the Asana color-coded calendar into the core method and system that I teach inside my membership site so that they immediately trusted it because I knew that's what they believed would solve their problem. So that's what I encourage all of you guys to think about too is, man, what does my audience find really sexy about what I teach or about what I do? And then incorporate that into one of the three main modules inside of your core content of your membership site. Very cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I like I like the idea there, the central theme of prioritizing profit. I think a lot of people out there mm-hmm. get kind of caught up in, in, in the revenue number, which, which is the number everyone likes to kind yes. of talk about or, or how many people are on your team. These, you know, you could call them more like vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. But most companies, including a lot of the big tech ones that everyone reads about actually make zero or negative profit, <laughs> which yes. is the dirty little secret of, of a lot of tech companies out there. Yep. So I think it is really smart for folks to remember that prioritizing profit is, it sounds like a uh, duh, but you'd be surprised when people don't and they focus more on the revenue side of things. Yeah. And, and also profit producing tasks, which is what we talk a lot about is because a lot of people do not prioritize actually working on things on a day-to-day basis that make money. So for instance, this is what I see a lot. My audience for our membership site, we have a lot of course creators, membership site owners, and service-based entrepreneurs. And their goal is to create consistent income. That's the problem that our membership site solves is we teach you how to create consistent income without adding more to your schedule. So out of this, I see so many entrepreneurs that listen to podcasts and blogs and YouTube videos. And what they do is they listen to all these marketing tactics that become a challenge box. So, ooh, if you want to be an industry leader, you have to create consistent content every single week. And if you don't, no one's going to actually see you as an expert and you're not going to make sales. In reality, do you need to do that? No. There are so many people that make over $12,000 a month that do not produce any content. They do it very, very, very strategically. There are different ways to run your business that are simple and automated if you want them to be, or if you want to have a piece of content, create one piece of content and just send a lot of traffic to it. You know, there, there's so many other ways. So that's kind of what we talk about in Prioritize Profit. We use, um, it's called a scalability model and we do post-it notes based on each 
phase of your business that leads to your income source. And you'll put all these post notes on the wall of your business. And you're like, wow, I'm doing a lot of crap that a lot of marketing people told me to do, but it's not making me any money. And what we're going to do is we're going to rip off those post notes on the wall, put them on the ground, and you can't look at it anymore. You can't do it anymore. It's done. It's over. I like that. You know, I think a lot of people uh, sort of take the throw spaghetti at the wall approach when they're starting a business because, you know, everyone's just desperate yeah. to, uh, you know, keep your head above water and, and make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you, re- you read all the popular blogs, the, the listicle articles, all that kind of stuff. And you just start, you know, checking off the boxes, like you said. And it really is a case by case. You know, what works for every business is really unique. And it's the tough thing to hear because, you know, that's the answer everybody wants to hear is, oh, it depends. But it really does. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you have kind of, it sounds like a process for helping people figure that out. Right. So uh, the next question would be around pricing. So, you know, this is a big one that everyone always is curious. Uh, the strategies you had when you launched your membership business, what was the price? And, and has it always been that price or have you evolved it over time? Yeah, I think so many people, oh my gosh, these get so hung up and they're paralyzed on pricing. And I, no, stop doing that. If you are thinking right now, if you're like on the fence, you're like, should I charge this or this? Know that it doesn't matter. And this is what I do is I say, what would make me super confident? That's my answer to everything. So if someone says, oh, you need to charge $37 a month because this is standard. It's like, okay, but does that make you feel confident? Because you can always raise it later. So if $29 makes you feel more confident than 35, do 29. Because so we, whenever we started, we did $25 a month, month to month, you cancel. Then we did 37. Then we did 47. Then we did 67. And now we're at an annual subscription to where you're locked in. If you pay $67 a month, you're locked in for 12 months because it's a payment plan for our annual subscription. So we've changed our pricing five times over the past year. And we just tra- changed out our evergreen webinar funnel with the pricing. And it works really well. And the reason why I changed it was because I I got more confident over time about my product and I would not have sold near as many membership site spots if I did not have that confidence in the early stages. So it's not the price that sells, it's your confidence and energy that sells. So make sure that the price is aligned with your confidence and energy and you can sell anything. Yeah, I think there is a lot of art when it comes to pricing. Obviously, there's science and statistics and data and all that, which is absolutely important. But yeah, there's definitely that subjective gut feel or like you said, confidence that people are going to have when when you're launching something and you want to come up with a price that you just kind of got to pick a number in the beginning. But I am curious with the evolution there. So you definitely have increased it over almost 3x from what you began at. Mm -hmm. So as you've increased the price, have you gotten any pushback from people as far as, ooh, this is too expensive? Actually, no. We have people that say, ooh, uh, I'm going to save up for two weeks and then come back to you. So that's what we do. I think it all depends on how you position your membership site too, because my product, I could position it as a $19 a month product if I wanted to, or I could position it like I am now, which if you do a $67 a month, by the end of the year, you're paying $803. But people know that it's worth it because of the way that I've positioned it and because of the results that I get. I believe that a lot of people are told, especially in our industry, to charge what you're worth all the time. And I don't believe in charging what you're worth. I always tell people, stop charging what you're worth. Charge for the results that you're getting because then you're tying your worth up into, it's connected to your membership site. Like if you charge $37 a month, it's because you're worth that. But it honestly has nothing to do with what you're worth at all because your self-worth is not tied to your membership site. If they say no, they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to your messaging. 
which means you need to fix your messaging because it's off. You're not off. It's your messaging. So I think that emotional detachment is really helpful. Yeah, that's what has been very, very helpful for me and my students. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So now that you have launched, you have a growing membership business, what are you doing currently to, to keep building your audience? Yes, we have one evergreen webinar funnel that is producing probably around 100 new members a month for us, which is really helpful, really, really awesome. I'm very, very big on protecting my energy. I only have so much energy a day. And if I am constantly having to sell every week my membership site, like I don't believe in the live launch thing. I I mean, not that I don't believe in it. I think every, I think different marketing tactics suit different people. For me, it does not suit me. So I love the evergreen marketing approach. We have one funnel that runs in the background that produces around 100 new members a month for us. And it's been great. And now we're just trying to double it. We're trying to get 200 new members a month. Our next... MRR goal is 250,000. So that's just like we're for, we're 4xing our company. We're trying to do that in a year and it's just like really exciting. It's fun to set goals and projections about where we're headed. Yeah. And just for folks who aren't aware, MRR is monthly recurring revenue. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So back to the audience stuff. This is what you're doing now, this, this evergreen mm-hmm. uh, webinar funnel, which, which sounds like a, a clever way to automate something. But when you were first launching, right, when you first launched the business, mm-hmm. what did you do from like, let's say day one, what did you do to start building the audience? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, and this is going to be very interesting. I started from day one, I did a very simple live launch and I turned that immediately into an evergreen webinar funnel because I don't like live launches. From day one, I've always had an evergreen webinar funnel running in the background. So whenever we did our affiliate live launches and grew our warm audience that way, I was immediately selling to people. So I teach a program, Recurring Profit, and it's for service-based entrepreneurs that want to scale through an evergreen funnel to get to 10K plus uh, months consistently. And everyone that goes in there is like, they want to live launch all the time because that's what they're used to doing is like live launching. Or they've been told that what you need to do is you need to have two to four live launches a year and then grow your audience throughout, like through visibility. And then you have new people to live launch to. I have always thought that that sounded like more work than I wanted to do because what I really want to spend my energy on is just connecting with my people. I don't want to spend it like attracting new and selling. And so I was, I was very, very strategic and I started from day one with an evergreen funnel and then I went and I connected with some of my business friends and my network that I had known from the agency world and I launched to their audience and then those leads that didn't buy, we put them all in our evergreen funnel and and did it that way. So we just grew it based on a an automated webinar and email sequence on the back end. Yeah, I think that's really smart to kind of recycle content in a sense. We have, it's yep. a theme I've heard from some of the more successful membership owners that, that I've spoken with. And it's something that I think, especially as a new entrepreneur, most people are kind of doing it by themselves in the very beginning. You know, every minute, like you said, that you're spending needs to be kind of devoted to making profit to survive. So yep. if you're yeah doing five, 10, whatever webinars a year, that's going to eat up a lot of time. Whereas if you instead did one and made it really good, like, could made it the most valuable one mm-hmm. webinar you could do. And then 
repurposed it by, uh, you know, using it as like a lead magnet and funneling people through that. That might be a better use of time and, and definitely way less overall time, it sounds like. Yeah, because people believe and we're trained to believe that a 40 hour work week equals success. So if we want to fill up 40 hours in a week, then we find ways to fill up 40 hours in a week. And as a membership sign owner, we're told, oh, it takes a lot of energy to manage. It does not have to take a lot of energy to manage. I took the past three weeks off and everyone in my community is still supported and loved. Like our goal is to make sure that everyone is supported, loved, appreciated, and heard. And that still happened because I've trained my team in that way. And I'm still in there, you know, like if I'm at the grocery store line or something and I'm responding in a Facebook group, but it doesn't suck up my entire day or energy because I've created a business that does it like that. And I think sometimes we just have to think outside of the box and not say, oh, yeah, I want to do this because so-and-so believes in life or like, you know, so-and-so does that. It's like create a business that allows you to work when you want to. And I know live launches, like I'm not going to want to do that. So I'm not going to create a business that allows that. And then some of you that might be listening say, oh, no, I love the high of a live launch. I'm obsessed with it. Then you do you. You keep doing that. That's awesome. I'm here cheering you on with crazy pom-poms in the air, waving them wildly. But yeah, I think it's a huge mindset shift that helped me a lot. Right. So currently, what are some of the marketing tactics that you're doing outside of that evergreen webinar funnel? Polarizing topics. All of our marketing leads to our funnel. So, I mean, everything leads to our funnel. We try not to be, I mean, not not, not that we don't try to be creative, but we try to be very simple. Very, very simple. So what we do is we get creative to lead people to the webinar. So one of the cool, exciting things that we're doing is polarizing topics that uh, people don't hear very often are in our industry. So a lot of people hear that creating consistent content equals being an industry expert. And so our thing is creating consistent content doesn't create consistent income. The scalability factor does. And then we'll like post a polarizing topic like that. And then to hear more about the scalability factor, listen at profitplanner.co slash grow or whatever, right? So we like, we lead them that way. So I would suggest all of you that are listening say, what are some things in my industry, in like this echo chamber that you guys are in, what are people saying all the time that you completely disagree with? You're like, you don't have to be doing that, right? And then post that polarizing content online in a Facebook live video and then put traffic to it or an Instagram live video, Instagram post, and people will share it like crazy. And then make sure that that polarizing topic leads to some kind of evergreen marketing out on the back end gives you more members. Right. Okay. So for you, it really does sound like all roads lead to that webinar, which is an interesting way to do it. Mm -hmm. That The caveat with that, of course, is that that one webinar better be darn good, right? Because everything's kind of relying on that converting people. So which I'm sure you've thought of and, and done, but that's the one caveat I'd say. Yes. And most people, and this is why I teach a lot of service-based entrepreneurs to do it this way is because most people that want to start creating a webinar immediately create a webinar for a warm audience. When in reality, you should not be creating a, a webinar for your warm audience. There's a specific way to do it. I use the easy yes formula. And so with that, you're basically creating a webinar for someone that has never met you before. Because a lot of people get caught up in, ooh, my audience likes this. It's like, okay, you have to really put a lot of sales psychology into it. Like what you said, like you have to make it really, really good. Put a lot of sales psychology in it. Like I use NLP methods, neuro-linguistic programming methods, and a lot of really cool things inside my class. That way, if someone's never met me and never heard of 
my name or never heard of my business, they still trust me and believe me and feel like I'm not just trying to sell them on something. Because the last thing you want is one, a webinar that doesn't convert. And two, someone to hop on your webinar and say, oh, she just, or he just wants my money. Like you don't want that because that's not true. And so that's how I would say is be very careful if you want to do an evergreen webinar funnel that in the back of your mind, you are formatting it in a way that is geared to a cold audience. Yeah, I think that's, that's good advice. So why don't we talk about some of the things you've tried that haven't worked when it comes to <laughs> you know marketing, building an audience, the business model, yeah. whatever content you offer, things like that. Well, there's so many. What hasn't worked, I would say hiring too many people too fast, for sure. I went a little bit overboard as we were scaling really quickly. And this is probably one of my biggest mistakes I've made this year. So we went from zero to 36,000 a month. And once I hit that 36,000, it was like this little five-year-old girl inside of me came out and said, Haley, you're too dumb to scale up past this point. And so what I, and I had this story that I didn't even know existed. I had the story in my head that was like, you're too dumb. You can't do this. Um, you're not intelligent. And so I went and I hired this like very, very expensive, like a hundred dollars an hour expert who worked 10 hours a week for me. And it wasn't a good fit. Like she was, oh my gosh, she was so smart. She was so great. But I run my business so differently than anyone else. Like if you look at the back end of our business, you're going to say, you are an odd bird. This is not, this is not a typical average business. And she was so used to running the typical average business. And oh my gosh, like we had a 60% profit margin before that. We went down, we lost $11,000 in one month after that. Like it was bad. And that was definitely one of the worst decisions. Another one was we had an evergreen webinar funnel that was converting at 18%, 10% cold, like really high conversion rates. And then someone on my team had this idea that was the head of marketing. They're like, okay, let's create a challenge now. Let's test out a challenge. But if something's working in your business, don't have shiny object syndrome. Don't go create something else. It's already working. Just put more leads to what's already working, right? Like don't make it complicated because it fixes something in your brain. Like a lot of a lot of us in our brain have this thing where we always want something new and exciting all the time. And if we don't get it, it's like a I call it the Kruger high in business. So if we don't get that Kruger high, then we're going to go create something else. It's like always creating something new. Do not fall into that trap. Every single time my team and I have fell into that trap, we always plateau in our business and our membership site just completely plateaus for 30 days. So be very, very careful. If something, if some type of marketing is working really well, don't change it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a hard lesson to remember because it, it's, yeah. it's kind of counterintuitive, right? You always feel like, oh, I, I got to be doing something new, right? <laughs> but mm -hmm. the, the, the fact is there's so many people out there the majority of them are discovering you for the first time. So whatever you've created is brand new to them, even though it's not brand new to you. Right. And that's hard to remember. <laughs> so the, you mentioned the, the Kruger effect. I, I'm not quite familiar with that. If you could kind of clarify that real quick. Okay. Yes. Okay. So one of my business coaches taught me this. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is, okay, and I wish that right now this was a video so I could show all of you guys what this looks like. But just imagine this with me. Okay. So at the, I guess the left-hand corner, like pretend like it's like the left-hand corner of your eye right there. And you're going to draw a circle down and then it's going to go all the way up. So it's like half a circle and it goes down and up at the very top of the top left-hand side, put a star there. That's where you start. 
That means that you are super, super confident, but you have no idea what the content is. So like, let's say I told this for my recurring profit people. Let's say you bought the recurring profit program. You just signed up. You are so freaking confident in this program, but you know nothing about because you haven't gone through the content. So your knowledge level is super low, but your confidence level is super high. As you go through my program, that is going to drop that graph, which means your confidence level is going to lower, but your knowledge is going to increase. So this is what happens. There's this Dunning-Kruger Valley at the very bottom where you have all the knowledge now, but your confidence is low because it's getting hard. Now you like it's getting really hard, right? So what we do is we want to shoot back up to the very beginning. So that means that's where shiny object syndrome comes in. That's where you're going to ditch that program and buy another program, right? Add to the course graveyard. You're going to do all these things or you're, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways that we can distract ourselves with the Kruger high. And if we keep getting the Kruger high, we're never going to get to the other side of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is the successful entrepreneur that has consistent income. But if you stick to the valley and keep going and don't get distracted, and I don't know, is that is that making sense? Did I explain that well? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm getting it. I mean, at least I get it. Um, so I'd say it's, it, there's some similarities to the idea of as you gain more knowledge or, or the smartest people out there generally realize that the more you know, you realize how much you don't know, right? The more you understand a subject, the more you realize how deep it goes and how little you actually know. But in the beginning, maybe you feel overly confident about, about, you know, subject, whatever. And it sounds like that's kind of how this is working is as you're learning more and more about the topic, you're getting less confident because you realize, oh boy, there's so much more to learn. There's so much to do. I need to execute on this, but I'm understanding it at least. Mm -hmm. So you get to that, that low point of, oh boy, okay, I know what I got to do. This is going to be work. You know, Anything worth doing is, is going to be hard. That's how that's how life works, right? Mm-hmm. But as you can start executing on the things you've learned, your confidence is going to go up because it theoretically should work because you learned the right the right process, and then you get to the top of the hill again where you're feeling confident and you've executed on what you learned. Yeah, which is scary. Like once you get to that valley, you're like, oh crap, this is really scary. And then you start making decisions based off of fear, which is what I did when I hit that 36,000. Then I had all these stories in my head and I started trying to get back to that Kruger high. And I purchased a new program and I did all these things that were not very helpful at all because now you're making decisions based out of fear and scarcity and you're in survival mode instead of abundance. Right. So uh, to wrap up, would you say there are uh, just if you could recommend some resources for folks, if you have any off the top of your head, as far as, you know, maybe a book or a course outside of what you offer that you think Mm -hmm. would be helpful for people? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've been reading so, so many great books lately. And, you know, I'm probably going to have more ideas as I think about it more today. So is there show notes? Can I keep adding to the show notes? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So there's this really good book called The Slight of Mouth that is really, really interesting. And also studying NLP, neurolinguistic programming. There's a lot of NLP books out there and it talks a lot about uh, brain psychology. That's what I've been really interested in lately is brain psychology because if you can understand how to make a person feel a certain way, they will become a member of your membership site. And if you can get them to become a member of your membership site, you can change their world, right? So it's so it's so freaking powerful. So I study a lot about energy and, and emotions and brain psychology. So the sleight of mouth and um, any NLP book is definitely what I would recommend. 
Cool. So for folks who want to learn more about you and what you offer, Haley, where should they go? Yeah. So I know I've been talking about this evergreen webinar funnel, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase funnel hacking, but what funnel hacking is, is you can come in and basically see how I set up my funnel so you can kind of, you know, see what it looks like. And if you want to do that, feel free to funnel hack me. You can register for the webinar at profitplanner.co co slash grow. And if you want to join the membership site, definitely do. But if you just want to see how I've laid it out and how you could do this for your membership site, go ahead, feel free, be my guest to go ahead and do that. This has been the number one game changer for me. And if you do have any specific questions about creating an evergreen webinar funnel of your own, or if you have a question about really anything, make sure to DM me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Haley Burkhead. I respond to every single DM and I want you to know, like, I'm here for you. I want to be that crazy, embarrassing cheerleader in your corner that's just cheering you on because I know you have the this amazing membership site that's going to impact so many people. And I would love to help you with that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Haley. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by MemberSpace, membership software anyone can use to easily turn their existing website into a membership business. You can learn more by visiting memberspace.com.